does nothing for you. Okay? Although we all do it, right? We all get anxiety at times. Now, there is a positive to anxiety, a small dose, like you were talking about being nervous up here. That's good. That's good anxiety. Because I'm nervous too. You can't see my knees knocking, but they are. <laughs> it's good though. And, and I think and, uh, I think it's good because we, 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 we rely on the Spirit to speak for us. Because if we, had, if we just felt so comfortable, it'd be like we do, we're even doing this on our own. You know, it would be nothing. But speaking for God, and it's just like you said, Lisa, it's, it's, it's not easy. And the funny thing is, most of the time when you study all the time, you don't even say half the stuff you say. That's even better. You do all this study, and you get up here, and you don't say half of it. And then you go home, and you look at your notes, and go, oh, well, I remember that. So it's wherever the Spirit leads you, right? So tonight is why worry. And we're talking about nature, and at the spillway, you know, it had been raining quite a bit that week. So the spillway was just overflowing. So there was like these natural waterfalls that were just really cool. You just sit down there and chill out for a while and just listen to the water. See the wildlife and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, man, God, this is so beautiful. It's so peaceful. And, and this is really nothing compared to what we're, what's coming to us, right? But the enjoyment you get from what he's created for us. It's kind of hard not to see God everywhere you look, right? So we just had a really good time, and it was just really peaceful and enjoyed it. But the nature thing, we'll tie that into here. Uh, let's go to Matthew 6, 25. Now, this is funny because we've been studying on uh, Sermon on the Mount, right? And I really enjoyed this, and it was funny because I came right back to this again. It was like, I, mean, we can't, can't, I can't seem to leave it for some reason. I just like, I just like talking about it. But uh, Now this comes up, we'll start at 625, but this comes on the heels of Jesus is talking about money and possessions and materialism and things like that, which at times we have to admit we struggle with that too, right? We have it so good in America here that we work for our money and we want our stuff. But as Christians, we're supposed to have moderation with that, right? God provides, there's nothing wrong with that, because he does. But there's an extreme you can go to, too, and you can make idols out of things that you own, or you think that's your status, and you want people to identify who you are by the biggest car you have, or house, or boat, or anything like that. That's not what Jesus is talking about. So in 25, first thing he says, this is why I tell you not to worry about your everyday life. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. He didn't say don't be concerned. He said don't worry. There's a big difference between worry and concern. Because if you worry, you gain nothing. Nothing at all. It's not going to put any more money in your bank. It's not going to make your job better. It's not going to make your kid's GPA any better than it is. You can worry, worry, worry. You're going to worry yourself to death. You get sick from it, actually. There's studies, scientific studies, that the more you worry, the anxiety gets worse. And you can create these phobias and stuff by just being anxious all the time. It does something to the body when you're just anxious, anxious, anxious all the time. So relax. God's got this. Okay? So here's. Worry can damage your health, high blood pressure, headaches, 
does all kinds of crazy stuff to your body. Here's a story that I, I came across. You guys ever heard of? Uh, one second here. James Cash Penny? J.C. Penny? There's a story about him, real, real quick. It says, uh, James Cash Penny, who started J.C. Penny stores, made some unwise commitments and became very depressed. You guys ever do anything really sinful and you kind of look back and you go, wow, look what I created. Now I'm getting anxiety <laughs> from the mess that I created, right? So this guy made some unwise decisions. It says he was so worried about what he had done, he developed shingles just from anxiety. Think about how worried you have to be to make your body do that, right? So he went to see the doctor who admitted him to the hospital, but his condition became worse. So one night, he was prescribed a sedative that quickly wore off. And he woke believing that he would die that night. So he wrote letters to his family and he fell asleep. He woke up the next morning, he was surprised that he was still alive. He heard people singing, God will take care of you in the chapel at the hospital. So he got out of his room and he went in. He listened to the singing and the message with a heavy heart, but then something happened. He later said, I realized then that I alone was responsible for my own troubles. I knew that God, with his love, was there to help me. He said that from that day forward, his life was free of worry, and it was because, and it was because he realized that God would take care of him. How about that? He went from complete worry to being set free from worry. Anybody been set free from worry? I know I have because I used to have it bad. Amen. Working with Randy would do that to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But You're not actually. You're not actually right. <laughs> but anxiety and worry that disrupts your productivity too because you're thinking about stuff all the time. Your, mind, your focus is completely off where it should be. So now your productivity is in the tank. You're getting stressful. You have a negative effect on the people around you, for sure, because you're, for a better term, twisted, because you're anxious all the time. You have severe anxiety. Now there is, there is a medical anxiety too that can be treated. But this type of anxiety is something we bring on ourselves just because we just simply worry too much and we don't think God can help us. But God can help us. And God will help us because his word says he will. Anxiety will rob you of your joy, and it also steals your ability to trust in God because you're worried all the time. Well, what's going to happen? What about the future? What about the economy? What about the gas prices? What about this? What about that? His word says, don't worry about your everyday life. Yeah, Jesus, but you don't know my situation. You don't know I got a mortgage due. You don't know my kid's sick. You don't, you don't know this. You don't know that. Well, yes, he does. He's saying, trust me during those. Trust me all the time. Keep your focus on me and not on your concerns. Now that's easier said than done, right? Because we know God is good and we trust God and we've seen God do miracles all over the place. We've seen him provide but we slowly drift that way. Right? That's why it's so important. We say it every week. You have to be in the word of God. Who's been in the word of God today? Just to, Even if it's just a little bit. Come on. Alright. It's good. You have to. When you start skipping days, you start drifting. 
And guess what? Some of your circumstances start coming in. Next thing you know, you're picking it apart. The anxiety starts. Stress. And then fear. All because you're thinking. You know 90% of the stuff that you think about is going to happen, doesn't it? It's all in your head. It's all in your head. And you know the devil's having a heyday. That's why they call it the devil's playground. Because you can think yourself into a mess. Right? And it doesn't even exist, but you think it does in your head. But the thing you have to do is you have to confront the problem, not the symptom. So if you have something popping up, you need to attack the problem, not just the symptoms that are coming from the problems. So if you've been sinning or doing crazy things like that, old preacher said one time, if you've been sinning, just stop. Stop and repent. Turn the other way. It really is that easy. Stop and repent. But the thing is, you have to do the repent and do something about it. You can't keep sinning and expect it to change. Because it won't. If you're deliberately doing something in naughty town, like we talked about before, all the time, you're going to be in trouble. It's going to catch up to you. God eventually is going to know what you're doing in secret. Right? Because he knows everything. And you're, and you're going to blame him. How did I end up here? You did it to yourself. I've sent you thousands of warnings. You hear us talk about it all the time. We're not perfect in any way. Okay, so don't, don't get that impression because we struggle with everything just like everybody else does. In fact, it, sometimes I wonder if it's worse. It's hard to escape sometimes. Worry and stress and things like that will totally immobilize you, just like fear. It'll stop you right in your tracks. But if you're concerned, you're con if you're highly concerned about something, then you're going to take an action. I saw this uh, saying, I think it might have been from Billy Graham, it said, concern gives way to action and planning, but worry gives <laughs> way to fear. Concern leads to heavy attention, and worry leads to anxiety, which is totally true. You know, I, <laughs> another saying I came across too, I thought it was kind of funny. You know, anxiety is kind of like a rocking chair. You're moving, but you're not going anywhere. You're just worrying and worrying and worrying and it's wearing you down. And the next thing you know, you're not doing anything because you're worried. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to see my friends because we're talking about the everything's affected by it. But the same God who created life in you can be trusted with the small details of your life. The small details. Look at what it says here second half of that verse. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body's more than your clothing? Think about that. I've actually heard people say, I don't want to go to church because I don't have the right clothes to wear. Is that a lame excuse or what? <laughs> I said, come to our church, you can wear whatever you want. It doesn't matter as long as you're here. We'll work it out as we go. But look at this. In verse 26, he says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store up food in the barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you far more valuable to him than they are? We're working on this job where the birds are. And they're busy. They're working. They're working all the time. You see them in the yard, they're digging up worms, and they're building nests faster than we can tear them down. This house is big, so by the time we get on the other side, they've already rebuilt I'm like, come on, these guys, they're on it. I was like, man, 
If we could get people to work like that, (laughs) (laughs) these birds are on it. (laughs) Small story I heard this. It's about birds. It's this nature thing. Saw a lot of birds where we were. All different kinds, too. Saw bluebirds. You guys ever see those? Those you don't see very often, but I saw a whole bunch of them out there. Cardinals, of course, you know, just robins galore, the whole, the whole, just a whole wide variety of them. Yellow finches were everywhere. It was just really cool. But I'm thinking, just like the scripture says, they don't do anything and they're taken care of. They work for what they have. They go look for what they have. They don't sit around with their beaks open saying, God, <laughs> right? So why should we? Right? God provides, but we have our part to go. Go do, go search. You know, our country, we throw away so much food, yet there's so many people who have nothing. A lot of them don't search for the food that's available. They don't think it's available. It's everywhere. All you have to do is your part. Get connected. No, you're running around all over delivering food. It's available. Salvation Army is like overflowed all the time trying to give it away, and they can't. So why are people starving when we have all this food? People just don't want to do their part. Get connected. So you have to fill out some paperwork. Big deal. Do you want the help? It's available. It's like everything else. It's available if you want the help. That's all you got to do. Do our part. So Jesus said, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? So can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Not at all. Not at all. In fact, it'll take away worrying about it. You'll die faster worrying about it than you would in your natural life. Because you're going to make yourself sick. Oh, I was going to tell a bird story. There's a it's kind of a funny one. There's a dad robin and a, and, a, and a son robin, right? And they're going out, and he's going to teach the son how to find the worms. So he goes out, he comes up to this grass. He just finds a worm right away, and the son's going, oh, wow, dad, that's really cool. Let me try. So he tries it, and he finds one. And the little the little bird looks at his dad, and he says, well, dad, what if there's no worms tomorrow? And he goes, trust me, God has worms for us every day. Same thing. He provides for us every single day. Every day. A lot of times it's on us for not doing our part. So if he can provide for the birds, what can he do for us? Let's go to... uh, Oh, wait a minute. So why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't work to make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as these are. Same thing. In the nature, we saw tons of flowers. And I like looking at the flower on the inside because it's so intricate and there's so many colors and so many things in there that a lot of people don't even notice. But when you look at it, you're like, this is is awesome. And it's just a flower, right? Jesus is saying, hey, this, the flowers are great, the birds are great, but you are more important than they are. I provide for them, I take care of them, and I will take care of you, if you trust me. So why worry? Why do we do that to ourselves? Because our focus is on our circumstances and not staying on God. It's pretty simple. 
But sometimes we get overwhelmed with our circumstances and we don't think there's a way out. There is. Prime example, what you just said. I've been hearing that story for weeks now, and they're talking about the same thing you said. It's like, well, where's it going to come from? So why worry? Let's go to uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Yeah, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and then thank him for what he's done. He's saying, don't be anxious. Paul wrote this. Jesus was just telling us, don't worry. Don't, don't have anxiety. Now Paul's telling us, don't be anxious. You know, I think it's funny, too, because when if we're if we have this deep anxiety that we're worried all the time and we're shipping to being nervous, it kind of gives God a bad rap, doesn't it? Because if somebody were to see you and they're like, well, why are you in this condition? I thought you had an awesome God that does stuff. It's like, I do. I just, my, my, my focus is off. Looks like he isn't in charge anymore, right? Looks like the world's gone haywire. We're all worried about everything's all haywire. Kind of looks like everything's out of control, but it's not. It's falling right into place, right where it's supposed to be. You know? And you hear these stories, you hear about these shootings and things like that. I don't understand why those things happen, but uh, maybe it's to draw people closer to God. I don't know. But we pray for those families all the time. That that whole mess. I, I don't know about that, but we know God is good and he will take care of those families. The scripture goes on to say in verse six, that don't worry, tell God what you need, so pray about it. You guys pray about your problems? Do you ask, do you invite God into to your situation? If you're not inviting him in, how's he supposed to help you? He knows your needs. But we have our part, and our part is to pray to him, right? God, I need you. I need your help. Sometimes help comes right away. Other times it doesn't. But we don't give up just because it hasn't changed overnight. It didn't get there overnight, so it's probably not going to change overnight, although it could. But our part is to just keep going, keep praying, keep stay in the word, just keep going because he wants to help us. Tell God what you need and then thank him for what he's done. Have you ever had a situation where it looks so bad and you look back and go, wow, Jesus got me through that one. And now I'm faced with another one. And then you look back and go, wow, he got me through that one too. I'll be. Well, you might be in a tornado right now, but guess what? He's there. And he's going to get you through that one too. You know, when the pandemic hit, the nation went nuts, right? Because they didn't know much about it and they were just, you know, the sky is falling and all that stuff. But we stood on the thing going, this too shall pass. God is still in control, and this will pass. And it's slowly making its way out of here. Praise God. But he is in control of everything that's going on. So if you, if you don't worry, instead you're praying and you're, and you're giving him thanks, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds Anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
He's given us the peace. The peace comes from him. It's of God through Christ. It's real peace. You know, sometimes being the warrior that I was, and now people are looking at me, it can almost be mistaken like I don't care. Because it might appear that way. And I have to admit, there was a time I went the other way. I don't care about anything. That wasn't right either. But the middle line is, I know God's got my back, and I'm trusting him, and I'm praying to him all the time. And is there things going on in my life? Yes. Just like anybody else. We all struggle. We all get a little bit of that anxiety. How are you going to work this out, God? I don't know. But I'm trusting you're going to. Nine times out of ten, it comes to fruition. Right? I don't let that anxiety take over my head where I worry, 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 because I know it goes nowhere. It leads to death. Worry is no good. Doesn't add anything to your life. Actually, it takes away from your life. So it does us zero, zero good to worry. Okay, let's go back to Matthew. Matthew 6 here. He cares for you wonderfully, so wonderfully for wildflowers that they are here today and are thrown in the fire tomorrow. He will certainly care for you. So why do you have such little faith? Some translations say, why do you have little faith? It makes you wonder sometimes, you know, Jesus was sitting on a mountainside talking to Multitudes, I don't know how much that is, 100, 200 people, I don't know. But he might have been calling somebody out. Why do you have little faith? I don't know, I'm scared. I'm anxious. I'm worried. Not like that. And this is, this is something that may take a while, too, you know, to work this thing out. You know, And, and you're only going to do it by, by being in the Word and being around God's people and worshiping God and praying to God. That's how you're going to get better. It's not osmosis, you know, where you just kind of hang around. It doesn't work that way. You've got to be involved. You know, Christianity, you get out of it what you put in it. You know, if you're half-hearted, yeah, you know, God loves you. You may not experience some of the cool things that we talk about because you're not into it. You may not even notice it's happening anyway if it does happen today because you're half-hearted, right? So be all in. So why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things. What you'll eat or what you drink, what you'll wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Right? He's coming off the text before that, he's talking about money and possessions. They're getting non-believers that they don't know half the stuff that we don't know. They don't know about grace and things like that. All they're doing is stocking up their shelves, get all you can. Because that's what the world tells you, right? Get it, get it, get it. It's all about you. It's all about your comfort. It's all about you. We are, in my opinion, the most selfish people right now I've ever seen. They have no regard to God, and I don't know what they're going to do if God were to show up tomorrow. I don't know. If the scripture, which is going to, is going to play out like it says, there's going to be a lot of people not make it that you don't know. But you know, Pete, that story you told, that's good to hear that you spoke to the guy. You teared him. You know? It's like, like you said, it's, just, it's a small percentage that'll even listen. 
And sometimes they're just like, yeah, I hope it's working out for you. And we're like, yeah, it is working out for me. Like, you can't believe. But I want to encourage you people to keep keep sowing the seeds. You might have just watered it. Somebody else might harvest it, you know? We know God works that way. We like to be on the harvest end because that's kind of fun. But we know a lot of times when people come to Christ, there's already been handfuls ahead of them that brought them here. They've heard about God before, and eventually they take a knee and go, okay, I'm done. I'm done being done. <laughs> They're ready to surrender. But it's kind of a group effort. But God gets all the glory anyway, right? right. It's not about the numbers. It's about his glory and what he's done for us. <coughs> These things dominate the unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your name. He already knows everything that we need. The problem we have is our wants are bigger than our needs. Most of the time. Although we're doing better. As you walk this thing out, you, you, you realize you don't you're just you don't need half the stuff that you thought you did. God will take care of you. I don't know how many times we've seen same kind of thing, Jimmy, with, with, with the uh, like rent checks show up for people, you know, or we might help somebody and then it boomerangs around. It's like just just stepping out and helping people, all of a sudden you're blessed out of the blue. And it's not always money. It, it could be uh, lunches or what. It could be anything you know that God blesses you with because you took the time to talk about him to others. It happens all the time. So don't give up if you're in a dry spell and you don't think people are listening because they are. And you know they're watching. They're watching your life. So be a good example. Verse 33, this is one of my favorites. I'm going to use this one a lot. It says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. Remember, tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. You know, it'd be like if I came up with a whole bundle of sticks that weighed 300 pounds and I handed them off to you, you couldn't do it. But if I gave you one a day, you could do it. Right? One a day, take this stick. Tomorrow, put that one down, I'll give you another one. It's just one. That's all we have to do is live day by day. Day by day. There's no reason to worry about tomorrow. Scripture says it's got enough trouble of its own, so don't even worry about it. Right? You can be concerned about your things, but just don't worry about it. As our trust grows, our faith grows, right? So, so the more we trust God, the more faith we're going to have. So when these circumstances come, we're able to deal with it. And a lot of times, even when bad stuff comes, you can take it. You know, you ever seen palm trees in a hurricane? You know, their roots kind of run along the ground. Somehow, I don't know how they make it through this. Thing. These things lean over and they never snap. But we have these giant oak trees that just snap off when the tornadoes come. I don't understand that. But we just sway in the wind. just like... We can handle these storms if, if we're in the Word, and if we're building our faith, and if we're trusting God with everything that we have and we own, right? So in 34, it says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow brings its own worries. So we can plan. We can have goals and things for tomorrow, right? We can do that. 
Planning for tomorrow is time well spent. Worrying about tomorrow is a waste of time. That's one of those sayings that kind of says, look, that's pretty good. So should we be concerned about the things of the world? Yes, we are concerned, right? We need to plan and work and take care of our, ourselves and our families, right? But should we worry about the world? No. It's not ours to worry about. It's God's. He's lining everything up just like he said he would. All we have to do is trust him. So when the scripture says, seek the kingdom and its righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, it's pretty simple, right? Seek the kingdom. Stay in the kingdom. You know, the whole time the Sermon on the Mount is talking about kingdom living here on earth. The Beatitudes were all about the character of Christ here on for, for us to have here on earth. But what we have coming, if we hang on, is going to be more than we can ever imagine. Heaven's going to be awesome. I can't wait to get there personally. Let's go. I forgot a scripture. I think. Let's go to First uh, Peter uh, five seven. This is another one's pretty popular. I like that sound. Everybody's using paper. I like that sound. That's cool. Verse seven says, uh, five seven says, "Give all your worries and your cares to God, for He cares about." So if we're carrying our worries and our stress and our daily struggles and we don't trust God, it's going to just keep piling on. If you just keep worrying, it, it piles on. Let God have it. And it's pretty easy. You could just pray it off. It's like, God, take this away from me. I don't want to worry about it anymore. And he will. He will. You just have to trust him that he will. I guarantee he will. I always call it my little wheelbarrow of funk that I dump at the cross. And here I come, God. I got another wheelbarrow full of junk I want to get rid of. I'm going over here, and I'm going to dump it, and I'm going to leave it. Okay? I'm done with it. I'm done with that. It's all yours, God. You take it. It's the same with our prayers, too. Sometimes you get to a point, you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you don't want to give up on that person, but you give it to God. It's like, God, I've done everything I can do. It's up to you. I'm giving them to you. Given this person to you. I've prayed for them. I'm still praying for them, but I'm giving it to you. I want your supernatural power to change their life. I want them to wake up. Wake up and see what's available. Time's running out, guys. You guys know that, right? And he's coming back. We don't know when, but he is coming back, so we need to be prepared. And obviously, we want all of our loved ones there, right? We want everybody. We want, so does God. God wants everyone to repent. He wants all to repent. You know, sometimes we think that the struggles that are caused by our own sin or some of our own foolishness, that God doesn't care about that. God does care. God knows you were doing that crazy stuff. All you have to do is repent. Repent and ask God, and he will take the weight of the sinful stuff that you did. That's what he does. Like you said, we're back to zero. Back to zero, God. I'm sorry I messed up. I what I was thinking, I, I, I got off the path, I did what I did, but I repent. And I truly repent, not just a flippant repent. Repent means you're done with it. You're going to turn and you're going to go the other way. You're on this path, you're like, I'm done, I'm going over there, and I'm not coming back. 
you know, you, we hear say that too sometimes. If you if you're recovering from something, don't pick don't pick those chains back up. If God's broken the chain of your addiction, don't pick them back up. Walk on by. Don't do it. He's freed you from it. Why would you want to be shackled up again? It's like you're saying, Pete, you don't have to do that anymore. I'm past that. Grown past. I don't need it. You know, sometimes you look back in your life and you're thinking, what, what was I even thinking? Doing what I was doing. Right. Young and dumb, blaming on that, I guess. I don't know. But we're all still here, and God was looking after us even in our dumb times. Right? He loves us that much. If he loves us, like these grand things that he said about the flowers and the birds, those are great, but those are like, those are here today and gone tomorrow, but I'm after you. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven, right? So if you've been forgiven, you've been set free. Anybody been forgiven? I'd like to think everybody in this room has been forgiven. <laughs> so I'll wrap it up. So I ask yourself, what are you worried about? What are you really worried about? Not concerned about, but what are you worried about? Is there something that's heavy on your heart that you can't stop thinking about? You're starting to get a little anxiety, maybe some fear. Oh, man, it's going to go south. God's got your back. Just give it to him. Give it to him. Like we said, a lot of the, the stuff that brings anxiety is never going to come anyway. So if you examine yourself, what am I worried about? And then ask yourself, well, why am I even worried about it? It's probably nothing. Because 90% of the stuff is nothing. Right? So the last one I'll say is, uh, what are you seeking? Are you seeking the world? Or are you seeking the kingdom? I'd like to think we're all after the kingdom. Trying to do kingdom living here the best that we can. We don't get it right all the time. But that's our, our intent. Is to be more like Christ while we're here. To be an example. We want to be where somebody looks at us and goes, I want what they have. Because they're different. Right? Everybody's like, go Jesus, right? <laughs> Alright, so that's about all I have for this. For this. Just don't worry. And it goes beyond don't worry, be happy. You ever listen to that song? The song talks about, we'll sing a song and be happy. That's fine, but it won't last long. You know? Be happy for the moment, yeah. But the real happiness comes from knowing Jesus Christ and putting your putting your trust in Jesus. Amen. That's all I have, guys. So I want to pray real quick. Um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you again for tonight. And I, we bring all of our worries to you, God. You you know our hearts, you know our minds, God. So if there's somebody struggling tonight, I pray God that they they ask you in. I, I pray that. They don't carry the heavy burden and they give it to you, God, because you said that you can handle it. You can handle it. You take the weight of the world on you, so we're giving it to you, God. Free our minds, free our hearts of the troubles that we have, God. Help us to trust you, God. Help us to walk in your ways, Lord. We just thank you again. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen.